0: This episode of the Culinary Now podcast is brought to you by Forge to Table Knives. Forge to Table offers handmade Japanese-style knives at an affordable price. Forge to Table was started by JWU alumnus Noah Rosen in the pursuit of the perfect knife for culinary students, home cooks, and chefs alike. Their flagship blade, the eight-inch Gyoto Chef's Knife, is a cult favorite among professional kitchens. Forge to Table knives can be picked up at the JWU Student Store or bookstore, or head on over to Forgestable.com. And enter the promo code CULINARYNOW at checkout to save 10% off your purchase. Forge Table wants all the Culinary Now listeners to know, have a knife day. Welcome, everyone, to the Culinary Now podcast. I'm Matt.
1: I'm Jamie. And I'm Mike.
0: And on this episode of Food for Thought, we are talking New Year's Eve. We are through the Christmas holiday, the holiday season, and we're coming to an end right now with the Grand Poobah, which is New Year's Eve. So we're going to talk a lot about some of our traditions, some of our uh, maybe our resolutions, and some other fun areas. So uh, thanks, guys, for joining me. And uh, how, was, uh, how was your Christmas?
1: Oh, you know, it was great. As we've talked about in previous episodes, We do themed Christmases. That is always fun. And we have a food theme around it. So, you know, this year was Italian Santa or Babbo Natale. So we all dressed as Santa and we had Italian food and it was really awesome and really fun and really delicious. Mike, Mike, what about you? Oh, I did. uh, We did the uh, lasagna for Christmas
2: Eve. Um, So kind of along the same uh, Italian uh, theme lines there, but Christmas Day, I did a... Traditional roast turkey and uh and a ham, so with the stuffing and all the uh all the fixing. So absolutely delicious, but very traditional.
0: That's awesome. How about you? We we also did uh a lasagna, but we did it on Christmas uh on Christmas Day. I remember I said we were doing like sort of like a potluck and we did more of a simplistic Italian you know, baked meal because it was easy to prepare. You could do it ahead of time, easy to clean up, and then we have leftovers for the week, which in the world of young kids is 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 clutch. So it was a good holiday. We had a you know we had a couple of small gatherings. Everyone was you know safe tested. It you know we I think we made it through you know successfully. So it it was a win.
2: Nice, no, huh? that's awesome. You know what I want to talk about, Matt, is uh, the uh, you know reflecting back on uh, this year with New Year's coming up, and you know one of the favorite dishes that i uh that i have produced you know this year uh i was working on this uh, for some reason i got back into cooking on a wood plank so cedar plank salmon uh and i had this beautiful king salmon absolutely gorgeous and a couple times i did it on the uh, on the grill uh with uh you know some different uh, cedar planks and it was amazing i tell you i i would like to see that uh, come back more mainstream because it's been a while since I've done it. I don't know. Uh, have you been cooking yeah. on Cedar Plank?
0: I feel like Cedar Plank is something that when I was in culinary school back in like the early 2000s, it was, it was really innovative. It was like the way to do, you know, it was a very trendy way of cooking fish or, or you know, out of the Pacific Northwest. Uh, but I do feel that, you know, it, it is coming back in a certain way. It kind of speaks to this idea of grilling and about implying uh, more natural flavorings, which I think is really important. But I I haven't done a lot of it. It's interesting you say reflecting on the last year because I you know, this is a good segue. It's like, you know, Mike, it seems like you've gotten really good or you've really owned cedar cedar plank grilling. Jamie, is there anything that you've done in the past year that, you know, would be considered, you know, a success? Like what's your what any dishes that stand out that you really nailed in two thousand
1: twenty one? As I think about it, this this is hard for me because I tend to cook the same things over and over and over again. Same. But maybe, and I think this was this past year, but I probably have gotten the last three years all mushed together. I did a modern version of a gateau Saint Honore. And we did a classic versus a modern version. And it was very challenging because a gateau Saint Honore has very few components to it. So to make it modern, was a really really big challenge, and when I was telling people this is this was my idea, this is what I wanted to do, I was met with, wow, that's going to be really challenging. And as soon as I got that feedback, I was like, all right, I'm committed. That's what I'm going to do. So I'm really happy with how that came out, and I ended up doing it for the Pastry Arts Summit, their virtual summit again this this past year, uh, and I, that's probably the best. I mean, I love everything I've made. I also just made sticky toffee pudding for Christmas. My brother comes home every other year. So the years he's here, I make sticky toffee. So that's a very special dessert for us that we only get every other year. And that was delicious. So that's up there too, but that's more recent.
0: Jamie, I I always envy... I, I feel like you have a very interesting you know environment to cook in because you know you're a pastry chef your husband's a chef you guys always must be doing things like at least in my situation my wife like she's a very talented cook but she it's not in her you know in, in her blood to make like home-cooked meals every night she's like whatever's easy let's do it quick you know for you guys it must be very is there any sort of competition that goes on with you guys as far as like you know what trying to outdo one another
1: Oh no. We are not fancy when we cook at home. Uh last night we did rotisserie chickens in our air fryer and it's not fancy. What we do is just very simple and delicious and there's no competition and actually we've talked about this. My husband and I eat very differently. So and we eat at different times too. I I like yep. to eat very early. So there's really not a lot not a lot of competition there. The only time that we tend to eat together is when we do takeout which kind of rolling this into New Year's approaching, that's one thing we did last year that I absolutely loved was we got some really awesome takeout. And I think we're probably going to end up doing that this year. So do you guys have any plans for New Year's Eve coming up?
0: So I like takeout. And, And to piggyback on that, I think that in the in the whole, you know, COVID pandemic era, like takeout's really stepped up a little bit. And I think that there are a lot more, there's a lot more awareness to what good takeout is out there. And a lot of restaurants have shifted their game to, to accommodate that. So, you know, we do that and, you know, we don't live, you know, in sort of, or near a major city, but we live in like a, like a pretty far suburb of Boston. And there's not a ton of really like amazing restaurants kind of close to where we live. There's still a couple of really good ones. So we sort of frequent those on, on, on a regular basis. And I think that we're going to continue to go there. Because you know we know what we like, we know the people that work there, and, it, and it's all about supporting you know the local, the local environment, the local food system. But um, we're definitely going to continue that. When we talk about New Year's, you know, again, it's kind of scary. Like I feel like we got through Christmas successfully. We had a couple small gatherings on Christmas Eve. We did something with around twenty people. Everyone was uh, vaccinated, vaccinated. Everyone was tested on Christmas Day. We only had six people. So. I'm a little weary about going to do a big gathering, and plus I have two, three young kids, so I would like to be in bed. Actually, I want to do the reverse for New Year's Eve. I'd like to be in bed by eight thirty, no one bother me, and completely just wake up in a new year, fully rested. That's my plan for New Year's Eve.
2: Wow, that sounds like a pretty interesting plan. <laughs> I, mean, I, I usually, I usually, I usually always, uh, I usually always stay up, but we're we're keeping our uh, our gathering uh, relatively small. Uh, This year uh, as well. So probably end up doing some type of uh, seafood. So that's typically what we uh, what we usually do to ring in the uh, the new year. So variety of different types of seafood. Uh, So um, from the uh, from the local market, of course, and, uh, you know, so it's quick, it's easy. It's lighter than, you know, some of the fare that we came off of for uh, for Christmas. So, and we're still working through some of those leftovers. Uh, so, it's a, it's kind of a, a welcomed uh, dish. So, a variety into the diet uh, anyway. But yeah, I agree on that COVID uh, piece. You know, I think, I think keeping the gatherings, you know, really small is, uh, is probably a, a good idea for, for everyone, really. And that's what, that's what we're doing too. Jamie, what are you, are you worried about? Uh, Covid and small gatherings, or what's your plans?
1: Not, not for New Year's. I've never been a big celebrate New Year's person. Uh, we're probably just going to stay home. That's what we've done the past couple of years. Or before, before I started working and teaching, I was working on New Year's, and so was my husband. And the past, in the past, there have been years that he's worked and I haven't, and I just. I, I'm just not a big maybe it's my age, maybe it's because I'm old now, right? So I just like to stay home and just chill, watch TV, get takeout, just take it easy, not have to worry about anything uh COVID related or anything else, any other people that might be out and about. So I'm yeah, we're just gonna we're just gonna chill. But I like how you said something lighter for New Year's because I was just telling Matt before this, I'm living off of candy and caffeine. It's like all the Christmas leftovers making me feel really bogged down. So I think the new year also brings a really great opportunity for a fresh start, or maybe even resolutions. I don't know if you guys make resolutions. Yeah, so resolutions
0: are tough, right? Because I feel like it's it's kind of a an out there like you know thing that it really has no I don't want to say consequence, but it has no real tangible like you know you have to do this in a certain amount of time. So one thing I like to do, and, and again, I've never been a big resolution type person is I like to set like at least one goal for New Year's. And I think that goals can be a little bit more concrete and you can set timelines and you can set sort of parameters on how you want to achieve them and what sort of different, you know, what, what determines success. So, you know, I think that there's plenty, you know, in the past couple of years that people could probably pick from their lives that they want to either cut back on or, or, or do more proactively. And, you know, It's hard to choose and and you also want to keep it realistic, which I think is really important. So, you know, maybe one goal for me would be a really nice and approachable, you know, thing to, to to lay out, but it's going to be, it's going to be hard for sure, because, you know, who knows what the next couple, you know, months, year is going to bring, hopefully better times, but like, I think it'll be really important to uh, take some steps to better balance into our, into our lives.
2: Yeah, I, I agree, um, you know, in setting up you know, realistic resolutions, uh, it can be a challenge, I think, for a lot of people, because... You know, we live in an environment where we can get information almost instantaneously. And I think a lot of us kind of want to see results uh, fairly quickly from, you know, these uh, these resolutions. Uh, and I, I often find, you know, especially from a nutrition or culinary nutrition uh, standpoint or angle that, you know, a lot of these resolutions end up going to the wayside. They start off really, really strong, but then it becomes difficult uh, for uh, people to uh, maintain uh, over the uh, over the course of the long haul or the uh, the year, so I think it I think it's smart to um, to make you know realistic uh, goals that are achievable um, uh, and you know something that you can easily uh, start to integrate into your into your lifestyle. And and I think the key is you, you have to be specific. And from a nutrition standpoint, it's also great to share. Uh, that goal with other people, because that adds in a little bit of accountability, uh, right? So, uh, and there's, there's different ways that you can, that you can do that. And I, I think with technology, you know, uh, the way it is, and, you know, coming on board to make some, some things a little bit easier, uh, you know, so you have all these different types of apps and smartwatches and, you know, uh, whatnot out there that can, you know, keep track of some of your health metrics and you can kind of do a little competition with it. Right. So, you know, a group of friends, uh, family, uh, and say, okay, I'm going to, you know, walk this much, burn this many calories or whatnot and check on each other's, you know, progress. And it almost becomes more like a, like a game. So like gamification of, uh, of the new year's resolution uh, as a way of speaking to accountability, I I think uh, can be a, a cool Look at that, but the key is small, manageable goals.
0: So, what is that number? So, like, I guess if people are looking for a more realistic, is it one? Is it three? I think anything more than three is is too ambitious. I just think you're right. It's hard to sustain, you know, active engagement in completing these resolutions, these goals, whatever you may, whatever you call them, for the entire year when you have all the other things going on in your life, and now you have three you know, arguably brand new things that you're trying to accomplish. So I would say my my thing would be choose one, right? Choose one thing that makes a dramatic difference, you know, and Mike, to your point, involving friends, family, you know, especially if you're doing something in the realm of exercise, you know, the winter isn't the best time to get out and run, but it's, you can get out on the road and you can, you know, have a neighbor a friend a family join you for a run and you guys can, you know, work on something together. If that's maybe the one that you choose.
1: You know, I was, I've been reading a couple of books about habits. It's really interesting to me and habit formation. And one of the tips that they give that I think kind of goes along the lines of what we're talking about is to habit stack. So if you want to, let's say, be better at flossing your teeth, every time you do X, which you already do, you floss your teeth. Most people, it's going to be brushing your teeth. You would then floss your teeth because you already brush. but you have it stacked. So every time you go to do this thing you already do, you pair it with the new thing you want to start doing. And I think that that's really, really smart. And I only use flossing because that was for a long time. My New Year's resolution was I'm going to start flossing regularly. And it, it, it took me getting clear braces, like Invisalign braces to actually adopt the habit of flossing, because now I still wear my retainer at night and I don't want to get cavities. And when you put the retainer in, it's going to keep all that food in. So flossing's always been the top of my mind because it's a habit I tried for so, so long to instill. And it took just a few years ago when I had my braces to finally get that to stick. But I've been working on my own habits and again, reading and listening to these audiobooks about them. That I think that's a really smart tip to go about it. Pick one thing like Matt said that you want to get great at, pair it or stack it with something you already do.
0: Love that idea. Yeah, I, Love
1: we can all I be like
0: better it. at flossing, yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> so Jamie, real question mint or non flavored floss? What's your choice?
1: I didn't know there were options.
0: Oh yeah. You gotta go with the mint. The
1: mint's the best. I mean, yeah, I didn't I didn't know that there there was other types of floss. Yeah. Besides mint floss. <laughs> I mean, I'm, not a, floss, I'm, not, my
0: I'm not a floss connoisseur, but I feel like there there must be at least one or two flavors of floss out there that you guys can choose from. And if that helps you, if like maybe the flavor is what helps you floss more, then you should be aware of those. Uh, but that's a really good, it's a really good point. And I like the idea of stacking. That's a really cool thing because, you know, let's turn this back to food for a little bit. And if we want to get better, like let's say one of our goals or one of our resolutions is to improve are, are cooking in some capacity, you know, stacking could be a way or it could be a principle that you apply to that, you know, particular technique as well. So if I wanted to get better at, you know, making lasagna, you know, I could make me stack that with some other, you know, sort of culinary technique that maybe helps in that regard. So what do you guys think? Is there anything that we want to get better at from, from a cooking standpoint?
1: Well, I mean, real quick, you could also say every time I, I love you could say I love lasagna. And every time I eat lasagna, I'm going to eat one cup of broccoli with it. And therefore, if your goal is to eat healthier, get more vegetables in your diet, get more fiber in your diet. Every time you have lasagna, which you love, and you're getting better at making, you also have broccoli. And then that's a great great food habit to increase fiber and vegetables. We know vegetables are good for us. They do good things for our body.
2: Or you could, you know, along that lines with the uh, lasagna, you could, you could figure out ways to add the vegetables right into the lasagna dish itself. So, you know, Absolutely. maybe you start with, a, you know, grating carrots into the sauce. So it's not something that you can, you know, easily kind of identify and pick out, um, but it's a way of increasing your uh, vegetable consumption you know, then maybe you uh, mix a little bit of pureed cauliflower or rice cauliflower into the ricotta cheese, Uh, you know, so now you're getting some more vegetable in there, and you're almost hiding it. So especially if you have any uh, picky eaters at home, I know, um, sometimes it's hard to increase, you know, vegetable consumption with uh, with kids. Uh, (laughs) Right, Matt, you probably have firsthand uh, knowledge of this. You know,
0: you know, Uh, what's funny, my my daughter loves vegetables. And I I think it's honestly, because we serve them with every meal. And it's just become sort of habit that we, you know, she's like, where's the broccoli? And I'm like, you know what? That's a good point. Daddy forgot to put broccoli on the table. And that's like a parent's dream is to have kids asking for more broccoli. But I do think that you're right, Mike, that there are ways to hide or to embed you know, better things into, you know, again, I would just use lasagna, because that's our that's sort of our topic, we both made it for, for, for Christmas this year, is you could use a more lean protein, too, as far as you know, ground beef is delicious. And I love ground beef, my daughter loves ground beef, my wife doesn't eat red meat. So, you know, we kind of organically find ourselves using ground turkey, which is leaner. And it it provides just a subtle health benefit that maybe you wouldn't get if you had the more traditional. But then if you add things like that, you know, again, that rice cauliflower or, you know, roasted vegetables into the lasagna, mushrooms, peppers, carrots, I love all that idea. Putting shredded carrots into the sauce as a part of the main ingredient is a really good idea.
2: No, I I, I think that's definitely a a strategy that, you know, a lot of folks can, you know, easily, uh, easily adhere to. I think the other thing with lasagna in particular, is you know portion size is extremely important, right? So uh, regardless of whether it's lasagna or anything else, and anything that's a one pot kind of casserole style dish, it can be fairly easy to all of a sudden like, oh, let me dip into another serving of uh, of that uh, yep. so it was so good, right? So and and there's some strategies on uh, controlling portions, and you know basically you know setting up your plate and uh, then immediately. You know, chill that food properly uh, and save it for uh, leftovers, and don't make it as available uh, to you or as easy to get that second helping. And that can be a good strategy. It's going to stretch out your meal planning too, right? Because now you're good. Now you're going to be able to uh, utilize that lasagna throughout um, uh, at least for a couple of days. You know, the other thing with these casserole type dishes, I, I work with a lot of families that are only maybe cooking for one or two people, and it, lasagna can be, uh, you know. All of a sudden, you have it for a week because of how much it makes, right? But well, maybe you could do a roll-up, um, so you're only, you know, you're doing a smaller portion, uh, and it becomes its own little thing. Uh, so there's there's different ways to kind of strategize depending on what your uh, family situation is and how much you're actually preparing for to control that portion at the same time.
1: That could also be a great way to save money. A lot of people put a budget in place in the new year <laughs> or have the goal to save money. So doing something, we're going to stay with our favorite lasagna that can get you multiple meals. That's going to be a money saver too if you're looking at budgeting for the new year.
0: Yeah, one of the things, just to go back to like earlier in the episode, we talked about things that we got really good at. One of the things that, you know, again, I got fairly decent at or I feel like it got better was my lasagna game or my casserole game or my other like, you know, one pot meal baked and then you have leftovers because, you know... I didn't even even think about the budget side, which, you know, Jamie, you're right. We probably saved money because we were making this sort of really detailed meal plan and we would have, you know, one dinner and then we would have lunches for the week. But, you know, it is something that, you know, I improved significantly at was sort of meal planning and, and being able to create these meals that would last for multiple different days, which I think is really important. And I think that when you have family or when you have young kids, you know, staying ahead on the meal side is really, it's really critical. It really is.
1: I think that for me, looking at this year coming up, I, I definitely lacked on my meal planning this past year for sure. I normally am very proactive about it. It definitely helps with saving money and knowing, and it helps with decision fatigue. It's one less decision in the day that you have to make. And I think for going into 2022, one of my goals is going to be to get back into and get better at meal planning again, because mm-hmm. I've definitely let go, um, of that especially especially this last week but really kind of focus more on planning my week out saving my saving money so i'm only buying the groceries i need getting rid of decision fatigue knowing what i'm going to eat each day so that's definitely something i'm going to strive to get better at in 2022
0: also like on decision fatigue like i said earlier that you know i got a little bit better at at, at making meals and making one-pot meals that stretched i still struggle in the sense that like, when I got to the point where I was making that meal that had been predecided, I had all the ingredients, that inner, like sort of chef devil on my shoulder kind of came in and I was like going through the fridge and I'm like, Oh, what else can I add to this? Or what else can I, you know, make that would, you know, make this better. And I think that one of the things that I'm going to work on in the next, you know, next year is being able to, you know, have that, that restraint and have that sort of stop point to be like, this is the decision we made. We're going to make it, we're going to move ahead and we're going to focus on other stuff. Because You're right, Jamie. It's one less decision. If you follow the prescription, it's one less decision that you have to make, which makes your life so much easier when you don't have to worry about cooking, you know, this sort of ad hoc dinner every night.
2: For for me, I think that, you know, what I'm going to be working on as far as the cooking aspect is concerned is really looking at trying to reduce um, my uh, waste footprint. Uh, So, and, you know, I really got into some pickling and uh, fermentation because you can, you know, sometimes you you need cabbage for, you know, stuffed cabbage rolls and maybe I make a slaw with it too. But I always end up with some leftover, you know, uh cabbage, you know. Yep. So, you know, I can pickle that, turn it into a sauerkraut or, you know, uh, you know, ferment it. A number of different things we that you can do. Uh so that's something that I really started to get into and I want to get a little bit more into and s- figure out how to cross utilize.
0: And on the on the waste side, something that, you know, it, it's been incrementally more in my world in the last year or so but something that i was you know, when i grew up like i used to burn through plastic bags like ziploc bags it was amazing the amount that i would go through as a kid and as a young adult and one thing that i've gotten better at Aaron and i have, have really embraced this is reusable plastic and and not necessarily plastic but metal and other types of non you know plastic's not really you should be i mean as a as a cook i i would eat every dish every meal out of a out of a deli tainer if i could because that's just sort of what is ingrained in my my, my brain but you know using other you know non PPA, maybe potentially more safe materials and reusable stuff to help uh not contribute to the waste problem that we have with plastic bags and plastic bottles and plastic containers being thrown especially in covid like think of all the takeout containers that got you know chucked into the trash. You know it's something that I want to continue to to get significantly better at.
1: Even on small small scale talking about deli containers, I've been trying to be really cautious about what I put leftovers into and so we've started to transition into glass yep. for our leftovers, especially if we're going to reheat. We don't have a microwave, but if I'm bringing it to work and I'm going to reheat it, anything that I'm going to reheat, I try to reheat in glass.
0: And the biggest hurdle with that, and this might seem like kind of trivial, is the weight. Right? We get so used to how light plastic is, but to add like you know glass, and that's why like metal is not an ideal for reheating. But if you don't have a microwave and you're reheating in an oven or something like that, or you're going to transfer it to a a, a microwave-safe dish at work, it actually kind of makes sense. And metal can be a, a light alternative. We use a ton of metal for the kids, especially when we're sending their stuff to school because we'll heat it up at the house. We do, we do own a microwave. I think it's a, a critical cooking tool when you have young kids. And then we'll send it to school with them in metal containers. And it actually holds the heat pretty well. You know, it's kind of like a, a sort of a cheaper thermos, which is cool.
2: You know, I think it's important because I'm not sure that, you know, chefs and um, even just the general consumer know how much of an impact they, they can have on just making these small little, uh, you know, uh, steps and, you know, really reducing, you know, packaging plastic and uh, also reducing food waste. Um, and helping defer that as, as much as possible from uh, from our landfills um, it can have a huge impact you know, so that it, these are all important considerations um, you know to, to really hone in on uh, I think in the new year.
0: All right guys well that's good stuff and I appreciate everyone joining us. Uh, in this sort of period between Christmas and New Year's, and, and hoping that everyone has a fantastic New Year's Eve, and we're safe, and we're and we're starting building these resolutions, and we're building these goals, and we're doing manageable steps. And I think that everything that we talked about today is a good is a good place to be and a good place to start. So, thanks everyone for uh, for joining us uh, on this episode of Food for Thought, and, and we look forward to talking to you soon. Happy New, Happy New Year! New Year. Thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode. We also want to thank our friend Matt Burns for providing all the music for the Culinary Now podcast. If you like today's episode, leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast. Your positive feedback helps us reach more listeners. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button to receive updates on new episodes from all our projects. If you'd like to reach out to the team at Culinary Now, please shoot us an email at culinarynowpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Or connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at Culinary Now Podcast. We'll talk to you soon. And we out.